When Strong Women Talk is a Why Empower podcast produced by Our Block Studios. WSWT is a container for self-healing, connection, and meaningful discussions. We're speaking our truths with each other and sharing them with you at home. My name's Ness, and I'm the founder of Why Empower Australia, a youth mentoring advocacy service geared towards helping young people aged 17 to 27 create paths for themselves that are fulfilling, passion-driven, and full of empathy and love. I am Tallulah. I am a co-founder and mentee of Why Empower Australia. I pride myself in being a champion of others and an activist for a better future. I love cake, astrology, and the colour yellow. Thank you for joining us. Um, before we begin, we do want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land upon which we're recording this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on the Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to elders past, present, future, and emerging. Uh, and anyone listening to our podcast today, thank you for joining us. We Gucci? We Gucci. Woo! Uh, woo! Hello! Welcome to episode eight. Seven. Seven. Fuck. Okay. Welcome. Six, five, four, three, two, one. It's eight. It's eight. No, the isn't the one was seven? Was it? Oh, you're so right. How long did this to me? <laughs> Welcome to episode eight of When Strong Women Talk. I'm Ness, one of your co-hosts, and I'm finishing eating a cookie. And I'm Tallulah. Welcome by the we made cookies tonight. Yeah, we did. They're really, really yummy. They're full of cho- dark chocolate and Brazil nuts. Mm-hmm. Because so if you ever want cookies, head on down to Tony's <laughs> cookie shop. I <laughs> can't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give them the unit number. It's fine. <laughs> Only... $50 Patreon supporters, <laughs> Emerald supporters, get our unit number. <laughs> yeah. Give us the money and you get the knowledge <laughs> and the goods to stalk. Oh my god, that was like food porn. I broke it and it melted. <laughs> like chocolate cheese. Mm-hmm. I get you. Yo, yo. The last time we spoke uh, was probably when we spoke to Maria. So we really yes. hope that you enjoyed um, our chat with her. We know we really did. Mm. It was awesome to be able to just sit down and talk for so long. I think that's something that you were saying a lot. Yeah, well. she was amazing. And she stayed for a little bit afterwards. And we just had an amazing time, really. Mm. She mm. shared so much and she was so vulnerable. And I really appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it was... The first time she met Ness in person and the first time she met me and Matt all together. Yeah. And um, she was just so about it. And I was like, that's the kind of person that I would love to be. Someone that's just like lays it all out on the table and it's like, this is this and this is that. That's right. Yeah. And like no strings attached to that information. I think that's something that she was really talking about um, when we were talking with her about when you mentor someone, doing so without the expectation attached to it. Mm. That that person will, like, somewhat serve you for the rest of your life. Yeah. 
And she has so much admiration for her family, and I love that. Yeah. The entire time I was like, wow. She, her family just comes first in her life, and I love that. Yeah. We're so glad that you could join us today on this Sunday evening. Yes. It's almost 12 a.m. in our world at the moment. 11.30 exactly. There you go. Um, So we've just come off the back of our interview with Maria. Um, You guys will get that episode hot and fresh off the press this week. Um, And we're really excited for you guys to hear some of the things that she has to say. Um, She spoke from the heart. Very vulnerable. And she stayed for like three hours afterwards and we spoke for a very long time. We had lunch. She hung about. It was great. We had like a full on D&M. If you're interesting and you want to be a guest, come join us. Please DM us or email us. Yeah, we'd love to have you. Looking for strong women and strong advocates of women. And you don't have to be an expert in anything. Just come with yourself and your story and we can talk that's right that's what we do best shit (laughs) have a shit um but yeah let's let's talk we we haven't had a one-on-one episode in two episodes and i think it's a really good opportunity episodes oh damn yeah true yeah good opportunity for us to get reacquainted realigned very much so and we're coming into a New moon eclipse very soon, and so it's actually high time to be realigning in all aspects of life. Just FYI, we're drinking tea, so if you hear little... And swallow noises. That's what we're doing. I wonder if this will get on. (laughs) Yeah, it did. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's also Mercury retrograde at the moment. Yeah, I'm having a bit of a hard time with that one, but... That's how she be sometimes. Yeah. Lean into it. And I mean, I I have to learn to love it because my ruler is the fastest planet. Mm. And so it goes into retrograde the most. Um, but luckily the retrogrades of that planet are really fast as well. Mm. And so it's a month or less. Um, some retrograde, like some planet retrogrades go for years. So Mercury at this point in time, I believe, is in Gemini. And it's retrograde. And Venus is in Cancer, actually. Which I was doing a little bit of research about it yesterday because it came up on my feed. Um, And apparently Venus in Cancer teaches us to look at the ways we express and communicate ourselves in our relationships. Particularly in our love relationships as well. So, like, how does um, our upbringings and how does, like, the conditions that we grew up with impact the way that we love and that we communicate that love. Mm. It was very interesting, some of the stuff that I was reading. I was actually talking to someone last night about love languages. Mm. Do you know your love language? Because there's giving and receiving. So I think it's slightly different. You, You have love languages that you give to other people and that's how you communicate your love. But then sometimes... It can be different for what you want back. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. There are, is it five? Yes. Off the top of my head, there's words of affirmation. Touch. Physical touch. um, Acts of service. Gift giving. And I believe 
um, quality time. Is that five? I'm just researching it real quick. Give me one second. Yes, so words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. I have to say I think I'm a quality time mm-hmm. person, and I think I would also be a words of affirmation person. Is that receiving or giving? Because I personally think that your acts of service in giving, because you like cooking for people and you mm. like doing that kind of thing. Mm. I think I like both for words of affirmation and for quality time. Mm. It's very much like reciprocal in all aspects, I think. I don't know if I'm allowed to be that. What do you mean? As you can tell, it's way past my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You're allowed to. No, I, I know I'm allowed to, but I just can't sometimes. Mm. I woke up this morning at 6am. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I haven't really rested since, so mm. it's time. It's like normally when I get up at like 6, I like to go to bed at like 10. Because then it just, I'm like, okay, bye-bye time. <laughs> Here we go. Well, my, um, my love language is gift giving is what I so what I do out is gift giving and I believe physical touch. And what I like to get back is physical touch and words of affirmation. Mm. I think. Mm. I've been thinking about it a lot. True. It's very interesting, I think. I think it's also interesting that you're thinking about it during a Venus in Cancer. Well, yeah, it's what made me think of it. Yeah. Very interesting indeed. So tonight we watched the documentary The Power of the Heart by Baptiste de Pape. De Pape? Was that the guy that was talking about how he had cancer? Uh, no. Who was the guy with the glasses and he was like, I've had cancer? I actually don't remember his name, but that's Baptiste. Oh, interesting. Mm. So he created it or did he yeah. produce it? He like got everyone together. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Connected everybody well, up. I want to know who the cancer glasses guy is. True. Should look him up. Because he was speaking a lot. Google cancer glasses guy. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really good. I learned a lot from it. It was a little bit wankery at times and I was like... Okay. I think just a symptom of its time, right? I think yeah, produced it was like in from... like 2008. Yeah. Which is yeah. like, I would have been in year eight at the time. You probably would have been like year five or something. <laughs> something like that. I, I won't answer because you were. You it will make me it. sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was so good. Um, it's probably the second time that I watched it now. And every time I feel like I watch it, I learn something different. Or yeah. rather that my focus is on a different aspect of what I need to carry over. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's basically about the heart um, and the power of the heart in um, our decision-making process because a lot of us traditionally understand the mind to be the place where, you know, decisions are made. the centre of intelligence is. Logic. Um, but I guess what this documentary and what the book as well argues is that the heart is the seed of the soul and thus your connection to your highest self and thus the place where you're able to ascertain the most intelligent information. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, which I thought was really interesting. I like a lot about it. There's so much about it that I think I'm like, damn, I wish I'd known this stuff when I was like five years old. Because there were many times when I was like five years old where I could like distinctly remember having conversations with myself. Um, And now that as I get older and I'm trying to find my way back, I'm like, geez, it would be so easy if I had done that earlier. But I guess it's all part of the journey. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's always like the fight between heart or mind. There doesn't have to be a fight. There can be... Yeah. Like a friend of ours, she has it literally tattooed on her arms. Like an anatomical heart and an anatomical brain. Yeah. And, um... And she talks about how she is constantly picking between the two. Mm. Um, and I and I think it comes. I think a part of that is like the brain is in our head, and our eyes are also in our head. And so, from the perspective that we see, and because we're very visual creatures, and I mean, we speak out of our head, and we also hear and smell out of our head. So much comes out of our head, right? Mm. And if our brain is in there, a lot of the time we put priority to our brain. Yeah. Because it's got so much going on. That tracks. I also think that, like, many, many years of, like, scientific research into the brain yeah, probably has contributed to that as well. And there's not as much research into the heart. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, we're not we're not talking down the brain. The brain is an amazing organ. Mm. But it's just... It's it, not the centre of all intelligence. Yes. And it it's a little bit of a... um. It loves the spotlight, I think. Yeah. Well, I guess that's very much the ego brain, right? The monkey mind. Um, And um, I recently went and spent some time with Mac, actually. Um, The crystal guy. The crystal guy. The very lovely crystal man. Um, He walked my partner and I, Matt, through some, like, really big concepts that I think I've been struggling for a very long time with in terms of like meditation and things like that um, about seeing. And I think he chose this language specifically for my brain because I just, I'm not able to understand it in like matrix numbers and terms like that. Mm. So he used the terms like child and mother. So like the heart is like the mum, and the ego brain is like the children and you have to listen to the mum and be like, quiet the kids down the ego monkey brain um but yeah y'all y'all sign up to the patreon because that was you know a very important tip there (laughs) um and i just gave it to you for free (laughs) (laughs) um i do think that the heart is like rather humble in that like in this metaphor that the brain is like the hogging the spotlight Mm, the mm. heart just sits back and goes no i'm okay yeah you can take it if you want it but i think it's very interesting what they were saying in the film about how um, I think it's like Sun Tzu, it's either Lao Tzu or Sun Tzu, one of those two, um, about how the three things that he hoped to teach in his lifetime were simplicity, patience, and there was one more. Compassion. 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 Thank you, producer man. Thank you, audio boy. (laughs) Um, And how often those in our modern day world, in our modern day context, get mistaken um, for like stupidity, laziness, and sentimentality. I got there. <laughs> um, and I think that's also one, a symptom of the ego brain, but also two, um, a symptom of the fact that those systems of belief, like where 
you know, people can enjoy a simple life, people can be patient for things, and people can be compassionate with one another, doesn't necessarily fit within the framework of consumerism and capitalism as it currently Mm. stands. Mm. So there is, like, one, a vested interest on behalf of the ego, but two, a vested interest on behalf of those that want to keep the human race asleep um, for people not to wake up to that knowledge of their heart. Yeah. Which I think is very interesting. Mm. And the cancer glasses guy... He was talking about how nothing is really urgent unless you're you can't breathe or you're bleeding out. But I would add to that if you had someone in front of you who was not breathing or bleeding out. True. And like caveat on that, it'd become even more urgent if you really cared about that person. True. I think that like, but I do take his point mm. because and like everything else, it's not the end of the world. Mm. As much as sometimes it's valid to believe that and to th- to feel at the time that it is feeling like the end of the world, like there are some things that happen where you're like, holy fucking shit, that hurts or that is big. Um, but it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that's very easy to forget when there's like so many other stimuli. Again, going back to consumerism. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, you're constantly fed these narratives that you need more yeah and that you know there's always something better to be chased down and then it really just leads people down this road where they're like oh i'll be happy when i get xyz and then they finally get xyz and they're like i'm not happy and you're like well i wonder why yeah um what like where do you draw the line when do you stop chasing and when do you start like just enjoying your life And I think that's something that I've always struggled with when people are like, oh, I'll do this when, or like, I'll follow my dream when I've done X, Y, Z. And I'm like, like, yo. (laughs) And I like, obviously money is a real important thing, Mm. but I think our understanding of money is also incredibly misconstrued as well. Yeah. Money is just, if we translate it to its core depth, it's just energy, right? Yeah. And like, just an object. Yeah. And I think that we do need to have a bit of a shift in our mindset in the way that we think about money and the way that we use money yeah. and the way that we rely on money as well. Yeah. Um, because the way that it's currently going, like if you're a soul, they were saying this in the film as well, but if you're a soul existence is to create money, then like, why? <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a boring time. Yeah. But it's also like, you know, money can't buy you happiness is a very privileged point of view mm. because in a way it can. Yes. If you don't have any money and then you come about some money, mm-hmm. um, your happiness might. Like, for, for a lot of people who legitimately do not have anything, um, getting money come your way can create happiness. Which is, yeah, why I think it's important to think about it in the terms of, like, an energy exchange, right? Yeah. Um, like, I think so many, so much of the time we think about money as, like, this accruable source of income right this stream of income Mm. that like when it flows in it either has to stay put or you spend it right Mm. and like the reality is that money money is constantly flowing in and money is constantly flowing out and if the balance is there um and the energy is there what else is there you know Mm. and i think obviously people who say that money can't buy happiness. I think there's, like, a certain truth to that, I suppose, I would say. Um, Because at the end of the day, you can 
I think what they mean to say is like you can buy all the Lamborghinis in the world, um, but if you're not right with yourself, then you're going to be sad with a hundred Lamborghinis, you know. Mm. Um, but I do take your point in that. Yes, sometimes when you are struggling, it does make things a lot easier. But I guess you know in that same breath again energy exchange like looking for other places to find that energy exchange or other ways to fund that energy exchange like for example for wine power we've recently just started charging um for our membership um into our mentoring program which is huge for us because i've always been the kind of person that feels somewhat uncomfortable charging for things that i definitely have a right to charge for Mm. um but again your entire self into it yeah well don't ask for anything and then everyone like not everyone i mean just certain people can easily take that for granted yeah well i think at the end of the day i think that's part of my money story and i just need to sort of be able to work past that and be like hey i've committed x amount of time and my time is worth x y z yeah um and we have flexible arrangements as well for people who aren't necessarily able to meet that. So there's payment plans, but there's also systems whereby if you really can't afford it, you can come volunteer with us um, and you get a membership in exchange for that. And I think that's where our world is going at the moment. That's where it needs to go, where mm. we're not so um, invested <laughs> Money <terminology. laughs> in the outcome of receiving that dollar coin number in our bank account, but rather understanding that there are value in kind energy exchanges that take place every day of our lives yeah. in small ways that we sometimes don't even realize or think about. Um, and that in and of itself, I think is one way back to that simplicity, mm. which is like what they were talking about in the film as um, experiencing life firsthand, which yeah. I think is so important. Yeah. I also do think, um, cause I follow this influencer, and she posted last night that she's going on this, like, getaway because she's been really stressed and she's had a lot of anxiety. And I believe that she does have anxiety. And, yes, taking time off is good for your mental health when you need it. But it's – and, like, she was, like, sort of pushing for that, being like, take time if you can. But, again, it's a very priv- privileged, like – thing to be able to do yeah. to take that time to live simplistically mm. to like um to get back to nature sometimes that's even a mm. privilege mm. and um so i think as much as i loved that movie like it, it didn't give the how as much as i was hoping they just kept talking about what we should be doing mm. and then didn't give any like actionable ways of doing so and like because for some people they have to work 24-7 mm. to, like, feed children or feed themselves or pay rent even. And, like, I just don't know if – and it, it does come back to, like, capitalism and consumerism and the way of the world at the moment. But I don't really know if that supports living simplistically for everyone. Mm. And I guess my understanding of that doesn't necessarily mean you need to take time off like months off at a time and go to the wilderness, right? Mm. Like my idea of simplicity and my idea of following the aliveness in my heart, which is one of the house um, in the film, mm. um, is taking two or three hours off out of my day to go to the park down the road. Um, like, yes, it's not a natural tropical rainforest, um, but it's still a connection to Mother Earth. And I think that's, at the end of the day, what you want. 
out of yeah. that entire outcome. So you can achieve those things um, on small scale, miniature ways. And um, I think in the film as well, they said like taking that moment between, you know, the office desk and the coffee machine, which is something that I know a lot of people do, um, just to really be present, really be in your body and take those breaths and go back to the heart. Um, and I think a lot of the how, like one, my understanding is moving that consciousness awareness from your brain, from your mind think into your chest and your heart space and mm. physically feeling the strength and the power that exists within your heart. Um, and then two, when you are being told things or when you're listening to your heart making sure that you do follow through with that and follow the aliveness that exists there. Mm. So if your heart is saying, you've been stuck in this dead-end job for 40 years and it fucking sucks, um, maybe it's a sign to follow a passion project or at least start a passion project in the evenings. Like mm. There are so many people who, while doing very intense labour or work, um, that decide to start their own side businesses. Um, and find out that their side business is more successful than their actual job. And mm. once it's successful enough, they quit. Because the heart is in it. And they say, if you enjoy what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Yeah. And I, I like that idea of um taking a moment in those, like, really small moments. And it makes me think, like, one of the things I love doing most is watching a sunset. And I think I've one of the reasons I love doing that is because I'm doing that kind of thing. I'm just looking at it and I like quiet, like I quiet in my mind really easily when I'm looking at a sunset. And yeah, I think that's one of the things that I'm like yearning to do more of. And I mean, our apartment faces the opposite way to where the sun sets. And so it's a little bit hard, but sunrise. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I have never really properly seen a sunrise because I'm just not a morning person. Tomorrow morning, let's do it. <laughs> I get up at six every morning, so like at about six thirty, the sun rises, and I'm like, ah, oh, pretty. <laughs> but um, yeah, me, me and Matt actually went to the park the other day, Five Dog Park, and we watched the sunset. And yeah, that was a, a whole activity for me because, um traditionally when we admire things or when we say oh that's beautiful whatever we do so with our brain rather than our heart and mm. I think that's something that I've been trying to move out of as well um how do you change that so moving that consciousness mm. so like I just be silent here for a second but like like quietening the mind so you have no thoughts in your brain mm. and then like moving it like sometimes I can feel it move and it feels like Almost like a hooking on to like this region here. She's pointing to her chest. Hmm. And then I can start to sort of feel almost like I can feel my limbs more. And I can feel like almost like even my skin more. Because you've moved closer to the ground? Mm, not necessarily. I think the heart is just connected to everything. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Hmm. But I find that, like, for me, looking at a sunset like that, it it does kind of shut my brain up. And it's like I'm so in the moment. And for the longest time, like, um, 
when I was like not doing very well mentally, those were the times I really lived for. I really looked forward to them. Mm. And um yeah, and I think I think those like in in having this conversation and in watching that documentary, I think I really like realized that that's kind of what I was doing. Mm. And like the other day, I was like running late for work and I got an Uber to work and as my Uber was like arriving, I like watched these birds fly and land on a, on an an electricity line. And like I think I had a moment there as well. Mm. And so I'm like noticing that I'm like Thankfully, doing it a little. Um... <laughs> Is a boot time. I'm like noticing that I'm doing it a little bit, un- like consciously. Mm. Yeah. Subconsciously. Yeah. Well, without knowing it. Mm. Mm. And so that's a nice realization. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so lately, so I found The Power of the Heart at the library, the book, and then I realised it was a film, I watched the film, but I've also been reading The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And he's in it. He is. He's in The Power of the Heart. And I find that so interesting, personally, because, one, I think Eckhart Tolle's great, um, but two, um, it speaks to the power of the heart when used in the conjunction of the power of the now, which Mm. I think is very incredible. Um, And I think all about this journey that we're on is pretty much just finding the puzzle pieces and the little bits of code and then putting them together to form our own foundations for what we're trying to work through and what we're trying to work on. Yeah. So I'm really excited. I need to finish the power of now. I've got like two more chapters left and I think I'll be done but I've got a long way to go on the power of the heart mm. um yeah and it talks about how in in the documentary it talks about how intuition is heart not mind and a lot of the time people do believe it's it's your brain that's doing that mm. but how can you know <laughs> <laughs> how can you know um Someone put it really well. I can't remember who it was exactly. It was a while ago, and like I haven't been able to put it in practice since a little while ago. But intuition is when is like more of a knowing, and when you have a voice that is feels more anxiety inducing, that's the ego. Hmm. Mm. So like a gut instinct, whereas like versus like a um. Yeah, like an anxiety thought. Mm. Yes. Mm. But I do think that anxiety can be tied to intuition. Like if you have a gut instinct being like, that's scaring me. Mm. But again, I think it's more knowing based rather than mm. I am scared. I see what you mean. Yeah. 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 Like if I do this, I think something bad will happen. Or I feel something bad will happen. I think so so much of the time we do say a lot, like, I think, I think, I think. And that's great. But also, on an oral level, I think that turns us completely to the spectrum of the mind rather than the spectrum of the heart, which is much more powerful. I think I believe. I think I believe. (laughs) I think I believe. You've, You've said that in one of 
in a past podcast episode, actually. Yeah. I believe. I think. Ooh. <laughs> like, I think I believe. Yeah. Like that exact sentence. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of this is just working out what I do believe, I feel. Yeah, this journey on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, same. I it's mean, like verbalizing it out loud, you know? Yeah, and we have so many realizations that are recorded. Mm. And I think that's such a special thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so corny because I think, like, it's been painted as a corny thing, like, following your heart and all that stuff. Yeah. And I feel like that's part of the journey that we all have to go through is to work past that discomfort from the heart being described as something that's corny to follow. Because, like, obviously you have your Disney movies being like, follow your heart. But that's literally what you're supposed to be doing. They just made it uncomfortable. I mean, I like Disney. Yeah, I'm not I, a Disney adult, but I do, I do, <laughs> <laughs> I do like Disney movies. And I think that if there's a movie telling children to follow their heart from a young age, I think that's quite good. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there are some ways in which people package it to make it uncomfortable yes, for adults yes. to really apply to it. Yeah, like, we, well, we, like, like, yeah, just because it's in kids' movies and it's been packaged like that, yeah. um, adults are like, oh, we can't do that. That's childish. And, like, they literally talk about that in that in The Power of the Heart. They mm. talk about the difference between being childish and being childlike. Yeah. And, like, tonight, I think it was a perfect example of that because after we watched the movie, we baked cookies and we each had, each, um, Matt, Ness and I, we each had our own little childlike moment um, when baking the cookies because Matt and I love sugar and so we, we each like um, licked like the um, the, beater. the beaters and we were really excited about the chocolate and then you got really excited about like making the cookies into balls and putting them on the um, I'm so squishy I'm a texture person yeah so we like, <laughs> we're all in our 20s and we each had this like little I've, like kid slept moment, it, slept it onto the tray, like a mud pie kind like of deal. Like a poop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and like it was just so sweet, and it was so like a good time. Yeah, it was so e- even like simple, simplistic. Like that's simple living, and that was fun, and we had fun with it. See, yeah, don't need to don't need to go to a forest retreat. <laughs> just bake some cookies at home with your housemates. Yeah. You know, and go to the park. Yeah. And go to the park. Get to the park. Yeah, I'm going to the park, mum. <laughs> but yeah, I think um also Maya Angelo was in that documentary too and I, I fucking love her. That. She made me cry. Yeah. She always gets me. And Jane Goodall, even though she didn't really speak very much. I was like, come on, Jane. I want another one. Another documentary about the heart. I feel like there's so much more that we could talk about with the heart. Yeah. And also, like, going further. Like, I'm just skimming the book now, but going further into things like intention. I think that's so important as well. Like, a lot of us are kind of like... They touched on it briefly, but not enough, I think. The power of actual intention. But in the film, they were like, uh, for example, corporate CEOs intention is to make money but there's usually not a strong enough why behind it like finding your why is something that we're particularly 
um, pressed about helping young people find in YM Power, for example. Because mm. <laughs> we, we have this th- this concept as well. Like I don't know if you've seen the board that we have in our room, but it's like, why YM Power? Yeah. Um, because the why is just so important, like especially in those times when you know, you're really, really struggling to remember why you're there. Mm. Um, it's good to have reminders as well and be like, actually, for X, Y, Z. Um, but if your only intention is to make money without a really strong why, then that journey isn't going to lead to a fun place. Also, Maggie's here. She's here on the podcast, everyone. Woo. Maggie on the beat. We talked about it in the last episode with Maria. And I don't, well, maybe it was on the podcast. Our conversation was so immersive. It I don't blurred. Know whether, I don't know whether it was in our three hours after that when we had a long conversation or whether it was actually on the podcast, but we did talk about the why. Mm. And she talked about that too and how um, that's how you keep committed to things is you work out your values and where they fit. My psychologist, this like the therapist I see, she constantly, constantly tells me to work out my values, write them down, get very specific about them, and then in your actions, if you're ever second guessing yourself, you go, oh, but that I'm doing that because of my values, mm. or because I do second guess myself quite a lot, and I deal with a lot of um, guilt issues, um, and so. I always take it back so I don't overthink and I don't anxiety spiral. I always take it back to be like, the reason I'm doing this is because I value compassion. I value friendship. I value um, being like responsible, mm. being caring for others. That's why I'm doing it. Like there's no need to like beat up on myself. Mm. I'm sticking to my values and I got to stand by myself. Mm. And like, it's really, it, it stands well with something that I always say, which is um, you can't regret your past self's decisions. If your past self made that decision in sober mind, you have to just go with it. You have to respect that. Mm. And I mean, even if you didn't, what would you be able to do to change it now? Yeah. And like, I think that's so disrespectful to be like, oh, but... Like, you know, like to, to go go against mm. your past self. Like, that's you. Don't do that to yourself. True. I, I feel like maybe less disrespectful, but also probably just part of the human condition, you know, to regret mm. things. Yeah. And I think regret is one of the, the biggest energetic boundaries to acceptance that we have to face. Mm. Like, communally and also on, on an individual level as well. Because a lot of that stuff, like, there are so many aspects of my past where I could probably sit on it and chastise myself for days for how I acted and I did that for a very long time but it's also not a sustainable way of living especially if you want to live wholeheartedly you know so I think part of that is understanding that you did the best that you can with the tools that you had but also not only that like a big part of my work at the moment is understanding that the people around me also were doing the best that they could with the tools that they had Mm. and that what happened to me wasn't necessarily the greatest thing um but it also was part of who I am and who I'm learning to be yeah yeah and that's particularly poignant for me yeah yeah it's like a full circle sort of like yeah journey at this point yeah and I think it's it 
I think it's a habit and a skill to be able to be like, no, I respect and trust myself. And like, there's nothing I can do about it now. Mm. And let's forgive myself and move on. My mum is very good at it. She'll be like, oh, silly thing. And then just like move on. Mm. And it's it's not because she didn't she doesn't understand the full meaning behind it. It's not because like she will sit with it for a little bit, but she always just like quickly moves on. It's an Aries thing. It's a, it's an Aries thing, yeah. And um, she just sees it as too much energy and like not something that she wants to do. And so she just decides, nope, I am my own best friend, and I would forgive a best friend. Mm. Let's move on. That's important. Yeah. And, like, I – so as much as I, like, do say um, respect your past self's decisions, I have a hard time doing that. But I think if I – like, believing that and standing by that thought is the first step because then I can, like, actively – Go u- from there. Yeah, and use that on myself. Mm. So we'll see. It's – again, it's something to it's a work, work on. in progress. Yeah. I feel like sometimes think that sometimes people think that um, when you're on a journey like life, there's a point at which you like stop being a learner and start teaching other people. Mm. But I don't think that's true either. Well, why can't you do it simultaneously? Well, you have to. Yeah. Well, then, because no one would be a teacher, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's also like part of the journey of forgiving the people who parented us as well for mistakes that they might have made as well because they're very much learning themselves. Yeah. And I think having this idea in my head like where I was like holding my mum for example to a highest higher standard because I like she's my mum. <laughs> but that's not fair. Mm. She's also a person. Yeah. With her own flaws and her own rich inner world (laughs) (laughs) thanks federal government for giving me that one that was a reference to one of our early episodes if you know it you're a good fan (laughs) you're a true fan (laughs) (laughs) um but i think again there's a lot to be said for you know when you know this stuff and when you have a feeling about this stuff um there's a lot to be said for making moves, you mm. know, on one, on your immediate circumstances, but two, also, like, on your inner world. Yeah. You know? Because there's a lot of people that I know who are, like, a lot of, I don't know, I guess it's not my place to judge, right? Who, like, have, you know, asked a lot of resources that I've given, um, but who generally don't want to take that step. Yeah. Or maybe aren't ready to take that step yet. I don't know. I need to edit that bit out. (laughs) I'm not fully formed on that opinion yet. That's fair. Mm. Well, again, like, this is what this podcast is for. Yeah. Love languages. I'm very acts of service. (laughs) I love how you went right back to that. And, like, not that I expect other people to be acts of service, but, like, if someone has given you an act of service... Like, a mild appreciation is welcome, mm. you know? Yeah. Like, if, for example, like, I think the reason why I think I give and take acts of service is because when people give me acts of service, 
I'm all over them like a fat rash. <laughs> you know? I love that saying of yours. Thanks. Um, but yeah, I'm like all about you. If you do like one nice thing for me, I'm like, oh my god, that one time that XYZ did this really nice thing for me, I'll never forget. Mm. You know? Um, but yeah, I think we forget to do those little things. And that's how Matt has learned to love you as well, mm. I think. He does a lot of acts of service. Yeah. He really does. Mm. Yeah. I, I know that I'm very words of, of affirmation back to me. Like, I need someone to tell me, oh, you are appreciated. Mm. Because um, as much as you may show it, I sometimes forget mm. or or start to get in my head and be like, they actually don't. They're just doing it because of this, 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 and this. <laughs> and like, so I need someone to turn to me and be like, actually, you are loved. I love you very much. Mm. This, this, that, the other. And I'd be like, thank you so much. <laughs> and, so, and so from like a very young age, um, and I think it was actually anxiety based, but I got my parents to all like into the habit of saying, I love you to end a phone call because it was anxiety based because I didn't want our last words not to be that if that was to be the case. And um, and so, and then, like, I think from then, it always made me feel good. And, it, like, we would... Even now, I've got them trained. Mm. They always say it when we, like, hang up the phone. It's good. Yeah, because for, for a long time we didn't... And, like, I knew that they loved me and they would say it a lot. But, like, just hearing it all the time, it does something Slaps to Slaps different. Yeah. yeah and fair. I think even if words of affirmation isn't your love language, hearing that... Like, just those three words is just really nice. Mm. I also think that, like, knowing another person's love language is, like, such a big help. Oh, yeah. In facilitating a good time <laughs> between yeah. multiple people. Um, because, yeah, I think um, it's so interesting the way that we all communicate our love and express love and feel love and, yeah. There should be more research into it. Yeah. People we'll see. care more about it. Yeah. People don't because they think it's already, it doesn't need mm. to be discovered because, you know what I mean? Like everyone does it so simply, but like, it is such an interesting thing. It because is. like love, like money doesn't make the world go round. Love makes the world go round. And I remember realizing this when I was like 10 and I thought I was such a like genius. I was like, it's not money, it's love. And I I think that um, some people, especially these people who, like, make money for a living and they don't know why, I think they're feeling a void of love with money. Mm -hmm. And bam, mic drop. Mm. You know, especially when you said that, it made me think of the part of the documentary as well where they said that, like, often the challenge of our world is to meet the world with our fullest selves Hmm. and if we don't it ends up just kind of being that we're receptive almost like a hole that just gets filled in by the external stimuli around us Mm. and that can be suffocating yeah you know and on that note that um that other part that really i really resonated with as well um is the idea of like if you're in a in a partnership or a relationship, or a friendship, um, and if you are told that you need to leave part of yourself at the yeah. door, 
I remember you going, mm, at the time. <laughs> I was like, mm. <laughs> clicks. <laughs> um, because, yeah, there's so many, I think, so many partnerships, so many friendships that I that immediately spring to mind where it was kind of like um, a situation where certain aspects of my personality were loved and certain aspects of my personality were like tolerated almost, mm, mm. if that. Um, and I think that's not necessarily loved, love, love, because you're kind of in a situation where you're loved despite certain yeah. aspects of yourself rather than because of. Yeah. And I think that is something that you can also very much pick up on. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because humans are very, very highly receptive and empathic. Um, I think it's incredibly immature and juvenile to do that. Yeah. To, like, be like... You are one of my best friends. But then, like, be like, but this, this, that, the other. Yeah. And I guess, you know, even if that was communicated, Mm. that'd be great, you know? Because then you could at least have a conversation about it. But in this day and age, we strive to run away from the hard conversations. Mm. So it's easier to, like, bubble wrap ourselves and chuck the baby pacifier of technology into our mouths than deal with real meaningful friendships and conversations yeah because i think everyone has flaws and if like once you get to know someone sometimes you see those flaws right um but if you really truly love someone you you a don't rub that in someone's face and b you that doesn't change your view of them Mm. like obviously if it does then it's a it's an issue and you can either like you say have a conversation about it or you can think about removing yourself from that relationship but if it's not a deal breaker in any way and it doesn't affect you then it like Mm. you know what I mean like it's not a big deal yeah (laughs) like well like what are you willing to lose for it mm. you know and again we say this in our last episode with Maria as well but like often when we are so incensed by another person it's important to go back to ourselves and say why why does that affect me so much yeah you know and analyze that too because often more times than not there is an aspect of that that we don't like about ourselves yeah yeah and then on the other hand this is mostly fitting for romantic relationships but romance and lust and love like that is so chemical that like rose colored glasses are really a thing Mm. and it can do a reverse thing that if you don't see the flaws that are normally deal breakers for you in in that other person you are purposely yourself keeping a part of you outside the door Mm. so i doing it to yourself Yeah. yeah like if you're following along, I'm kind of referencing abusive relationships. So if you're, if you aren't seeing that and it, it can easily happen, especially if you're genuinely in love with someone mm. or the love chemicals in your brain are just way too strong. Um, it's sometimes actually very hard to see the bigger picture and go, Oh, that's actually incredibly fucked. Mm. And I am denying a big part of myself because I'm putting up with it. Yeah. Or trying to love you. Damn. Because of that. And, like, it's literally, like, you walking a part of yourself out the door and slamming it. Yeah. Shut. Like, 
that's also part of it. That so it goes... Extremely profound to Laura. Thank you very much. Words of affirmation. Thank you very much. <laughs> See, it made me all smiley. I know! She's like, gash it. She's like... Ah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it I think it goes hand in hand. Like, there's yeah. the reverse of that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean... Mm. Mm. <laughs> just really taking that in. Yeah. Just digesting. And I think, it, yeah, and I think it comes back to, like, you just have to be really in your heart because that love chemical takes over your brain. Mm. So it really stops you from thinking. And you need to be, like, present in your heart and go, oh, actually. Is Tallulah the documentary right there? <laughs> <laughs> um, and go, actually, is that affecting truth. me? Is that truth as well? Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. again, often... The, like your mind is going a hundred different ways but your heart's the only one that can discern the actual truth yeah for sure and I feel like there's a lot of the time where we're like oh I need to think through this problem and we've spoken about this before but I truly do believe there's more value in feeling through a problem than anything else because it takes it back to that bare bones of listening to your soul and trusting your gut yeah and that's so important to be honest, this is not for nothing, but men in particular have such a reliance on, like, philosophical ideas yeah. and ideas of logic. I was just thinking about this before, but, like, the <laughs> the importance on the brain is so masculine. Yes! Again, it's very patriarchal because, like, again, like, men have to be logical, right? Mm. They have to be constantly making the decisions. They have to constantly be, like aware of everything that's going on and that's very yeah it's a very much what the brain does which makes so much sense in the grand scheme of things as well because we've had conversations about how um like the existence of patriarchal structures is to stop and prevent women from awakening to the power of themselves yeah it would make so much sense for that power to be one tied inherently to heart but also, two, if it's the heart that's seen as almost the matriarchal force or, like, the feminine force of divine energy and divine power, it would make so much sense that it would be pushed down almost like femininity is. Yeah. Well, didn't you just call the heart the mother? Yeah. Bro. <laughs> Bro. Me <laughs> <laughs> just having a... F- fucking aneurysm on this fucking I just this is this is what we mean I think the masculine priority of the brain is is pushed as men grow up Mm. or masculine people grow up Mm. and I think because I think like young boys are very much through the heart Mm. intuitive yeah and like you say, yin and yang, it's really pushing that, like, the brain is not bad in any way. But once it's, like, out of balance, then it's out of balance. You know? That's right, yeah. So, Matt and I have been coming up on... We, we just had our two-year anniversary. Um, and it's it's been a wild ride. Mm-hmm. But I think Matt is actually someone who I would definitely say um, is more in touch with the divine feminine 
than most males that I've met in my life. So it's been like a really nice welcome reprieve, I guess, because I've definitely had my fair share of like toss kick, toss kick, (laughs) 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 toxic masculinity incarnate in another person. Yeah. And like, I guess like the ego battles just aren't good for my mental health. Because they were just huge. They were monumental. Yeah. So I'm really... I'm in, a, I'm in a really good space at the moment, relationship-wise. Good, I'm glad. Yeah, since we're talking matters of the heart. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, especially because we're... <laughs> Venus is in Cancer. Matt is a Cancer, so he's probably having a great time sexually at the moment. Oi! Oi! And love-wise. Um, I think it's really... Yeah, it's been a big period, like... um. For me doing a lot of shadow work, but also for me communicating that because sometimes it's easy to just kind of do it and just let it let live and let lie mm. where it is. Um, and so, yeah, I think I was really able to communicate some things that have been blocking me, been on my mind for a long time. And like for the longest time, I think I just, um, Mac was like, you're still hiding things. And I was like, yeah, because I'm scared <laughs> that if I tell people that they'll get mad at me or like in Why some mad? way. Well, lately I've been having a lot of dreams of people that used to be in my life a lot. Mm. Um, obviously Mercury retrograde and all that stuff, but I think there's a lot in that that I need to address personally on another level because it just keeps happening. Um, and I think I told you one aspect of that as well in my dreams um, and I think there, are, it's because there are still like chords and energetic chords that still exist between that. Like part of my journey is clearing that so I can move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was just able to be really, really honest after visiting Mac. I was like, true, like why am I not being honest about this? Um, and is the consequences of not being honest worse than if I was? Yeah. And I think I decided that it was like it does was it, mm. um, because it just put me out of connection with my heart. Um, and so we're in the car, and I was like, "Hey, just a heads up. This is what's been going on for me emotionally. This is what I think I've been hiding um, for a very long time because I didn't want to worry you." Um, and yeah, the way that he received it was just so wholehearted, so present. Um, and, like, I couldn't have told a better person about it. Good. Yeah. And it just felt really good to be, like, because it's good to do shadow work, but I think to be seen in that way and to be heard in that way where, like, you know, you're like, fuck, I'm going to get judged. And then you're not. It's just really refreshing. And it's like, well, maybe I can love again and trust again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, yeah, like, the first the first step is to voice it. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said for how, like, um, our first loves and our first relationships can, like, kind of fuck us in terms of, like, the, the beliefs and the values that we hold towards love and trust. Um, and, yeah, like, still working through so much of that. Um, I'm very lucky that I get to do that with a partner. Um, who's supportive of it as well. Who's so supportive of it as well. And, like, who doesn't feel threatened by it because 
I think we're both very firm in our love for each other and who we are as people. Yeah, because a lot of men who would be insecure in themselves would be like, you're thinking about your exes? Like, do you want to get back with them? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> literally. Yeah. Literally. And I, I think about so this period, right? So Mercury, Gemini, again, karmic contracts. It's also about, like, moving forward from the lessons that you've learned, but also facing obstacles and challenges from the universe that are like, did you really learn that lesson? Ooh, I hate that. <laughs> because, yeah, there's so many people that have been popping up and I'm like, I don't want to think about you. Yeah. Because I thought I moved on from that. Mm. But maybe but it's, you have to work through it. Ew, I dislike that. I know. <laughs> it's a bit uncomfy. And, like, to be honest with you, like, it's quite... Un- I did uh, keep saying it, but, yeah, I did shadow work for the first time and I was, like, not ready because I was like, I don't know if I'm doing it right. There's no real manual on it. Like, yeah. no one really tells you how to do it. They really fucking should. Mm. Um, but I just journaled for, like, an hour and a half. Fuck. While crying. <laughs> yeah. It was great. And I was listening to sad music. Like, to really get myself in the feels. And I just, like, sat on the couch, 5 o'clock in the morning, no one was awake, crying my eyes out, writing in my journal. Um, and then, yeah, it felt really, really good to just get it off my chest and put it onto paper. Get it off your chest. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, and then afterwards I did a cord-cutting meditation. Damn. Which was... Very so helpful. Very powerful stuff, and you yeah. can't fuck with it if you're not really there. Yeah, like, and it kind of really made me think about the whole concept of cord cutting as well, like people doing it with candles and stuff. You don't really need to. Mm. Um, it really just is about the visualization of that energetic cord releasing itself from wherever it feels like it's attached. Mm. And for me, it was. it felt like it was attached to my heart. So it was like the the meditation itself was like unplugging it from where it was attached to you, like visualizing the person in front of you, unplugging it from where it was attached to you, and then plugging it into like the universal source energy. That's really interesting. Yeah, it was. It really was. It was like um, similar to that thing that Maya Angelou was saying about taking your burdens and leaving them to the Lord. Yeah. It felt kind of like that. Yeah. That kind of emotion involved in it so then after that one I did a self-healing one and I felt great yeah so good I like I I just felt like a a, almost like a full person again good yeah that's really good because I remember you came into my room and like I knew something was like had changed (laughs) like the night before you were very tired and like very worn out and like it is very busy lately and there's a lot going on. Um, and so, like, everyone is kind of exhausted and it's eclipse season. And a lot is happening. But you just did seem very worn out. Mm. And so the next morning when you came in, you seemed much lighter. And so it makes sense then. Felt it. Yeah. It cool. I immediately felt it when you walked in. Yeah. Yeah. You're very empathic. I am indeed. And I was half asleep and I still was just like, something's changed and it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was good. Well, I'm very pleased for you. a good time. Very proud of you, too. Thank you. Because it is scary. I know. It fucking is. Yeah. Yeah, just have to really take a look at the ugly. Well, I'm, like, unwillingly kind of doing shadow work with my therapist at the moment. That's 
getting dragged by the pigtails. Pretty much. Like, um, my last therapy session, she, um, I was stalling and stalling and stalling and stalling. <laughs> and she was like, I know what you're doing. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to say it out loud. Because I've said it enough out loud to other people now that I don't like hearing it back. Because it just feels like someone's, like, turning the knife. Mm. And, um, and she was like, well, like, now would be the best time. And, like, I'm the best person to talk to about this kind of stuff. And, um, and I was like, okay, well, here it is. You're and, not wrong. <laughs> yeah. and so I laid it out on the line and she was like, I'm really proud of you for saying that. Thank you for doing that. Now it's out there. We can work on it. Mm. And I was like, fuck. Like, good fuck. Yeah. Like, now I have to keep talking about it. True. And, um, like, astrologically and universally, I can I'm sort of meant to be transforming myself right now, independently. Um, but it's just like, don't really, not a whole heap of me wants to do it because it's painful. Mm, that's so fair. So I'm like very proud that you're willing and wanting to do it. Yeah. Well, I woke up that morning and I was like, I have to do something with this energy because I woke up. It wasn't necessarily a bad dream that I had with people from my past it was just a sad dream mm. and I woke up like with a little bit of sadness and I was like I, I need to put something to paper I need to do something with it otherwise it's just gonna sit there and I'm gonna just sit in my sadness and I think my journey has very much been about starting to listen to those moments because I before I would just be like oh yeah it's, fu- it's fine I'll just go back to sleep then I'll wake up at like eight o'clock and I'll be like why do I feel like shit yeah, it's like that. So sometimes I just have to, I just be like, okay, all right, it's fucking cold as shit because it's winter, but i got to get up, i got to get my shit together, i got to light some candles, and I'm going to just write. And I think that's been super helpful. Mm. Um, just getting it down. Because there are those dreams that, like, stick with you. And I've had dreams that stuck with me for, like, a week. Mm. And it was so hard mm. because you're just, like, it's there and you don't know what to do with that um so yeah it's good when you have that to be like no actually let's flip it on its head and let's actually Mm. change it because you're not gonna take me whole for a whole week yeah i really just like listen to all the songs i used to cry to because i there was probably a straight year where i cried every day of that year Mm. um and I just put them all in a playlist, and I was like, time to cry. <laughs> you were like, I am a Pisces, I'm this ready, is what I do. <laughs> I'm ready to sit in the tears, in a pool of my own tears. Um, oh, Dreams are weird like that, though. I think that they really try and tell you stuff. Well, like, going back to like having past lives, I once had this dream that I had a little boy, like a little toddler, and he looked so much like my cousin, and so I knew that he was mine. And it was like he was sleeping next to me. I didn't have a partner. I was like a single mum. And it was so real. And I could, like, feel his heart, and, like, it was like he was warm, and I could smell, like, the sort of baby toddler smell. I woke up, and I, for the first few minutes, I was, like, looking for him. And I, like, stripped my entire bed and I was like, where the fuck is he? I've had that happen to And, oh, my God, the gut-wrenching pain when you realised, oh, he's not actually real. Like, I'm literally getting goosebumps. Mm. Like, 
it was so real. Mm. And I constantly think that I've lost a child in a past life. Mm. Much like that. Possibly. Which is why I so want to have a child now. Mm. And and it's really interesting because mum always talks about how she thinks we met in a, in a past life and she thinks that I was her mum. Mm. And then we switched because she's very childlike and I'm not. And, um, yeah, it's really interesting. It is. It is. I think it's very interesting how, like, maybe past lives might leak into that. But because I, I don't know if I've had very many, I don't think that's what my dream contents are. Yeah. Maybe yours is about current. I think so. Because every time, like it, like, it really reflects on things that are happening in my life usually are what turns up in my dreams Mm. i've had some pretty horrific dreams as well so like it kind of like got to the point where i was like i think my dreams are trying to tell me that i should probably cut this energetic cord and let it be let let live and let be you know before that dream about two days before i had this is why it's so important to write it down but i did a meditation with goddess all set and i have this page here where it says I'm looking forward to dreaming with goddess all set tonight and I didn't end up doing it until two days later on the 29th of April and she's often represented as a bird hmm so I thought that was pretty pretty interesting yeah there have been so many fucking weird ones I've got some other ones in my books over there as well but like I just have to write them down because otherwise I just they, they leave yeah, I need to get into the habit of it because I just immediately forget them. It's hard. But um, I've just been keeping this one on my bedside. Thank you so much for listening in to our episode 8, Matters of the Heart. Matters of the Heart. We, um, we hope you really enjoyed having this chat with us and hearing our honest perspectives on how important the heart is. Versus the brain. Versus the brain. Yeah, because it's the age-old question. Follow the heart or follow the brain? Follow the mind. Um, I think what you were saying before about um, pointing out, like, getting off the chest. Yeah. um, is very interesting. There's, like, so many heart-related sayings that we say all the time. Yeah. That we don't really pay too much heed to, you know? Yeah. I've got got a few, actually, that I want to share before we close out. Here we go. Our language is full of expressions that refer to the heart as the seat of our feelings. So we describe someone who is affectionate as open-hearted or warm-hearted. Someone who is cold and insensitive as heartless. Mm. Someone is near to your heart who you care a great deal about. um, And you give someone heart when you encourage them. Mm. You lose heart or you lose your heart when you fall in love. Mm. Um, But the most captivating phrase of all is to follow your heart, to do what you love doing most. Yeah. And I think, well, I personally believe, and I think you agree with me, that the ideal ideal goal is to be in balance between your mind and your heart. Um, But ideally, if your soul is where your heart is, then follow your heart. Um, And your your mind is there to protect you. Your mind is there to help you make decisions and navigate the world. Fit into the society that we're born into. Yeah. And, like, it's it's the main control centre for your body. And so it's very important. But 
your heart really plays a role in a gigantic role in the way you live your life, the things you love, the way you love people. Um, and it, and we're still only now working out that it can basically tell the future. Mm. So watch the power of now, the power of the heart and read the power of now. Um, if you want to know what I mean by that, you can find it on Vimeo. Yes. It's a bit of an old movie, but it's very good. It is very good. I feel like there is definitely some references in there that you're like, (laughs) 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 who wrote this? Um, But there are other ones where you're like, "Mm." Mm. hmm. And they tell some really amazing stories as well. Yeah. Um, We won't spoil it for you. No, but like some of them were really, I could cry a little bit. Yeah. Um, Because I guess it hit home with the heart, with my heart. (laughs) Um. But yes, thank you so much for listening. This was a very um, fun episode and we had a lot of like realisations as we were speaking. Um, we really got deep and we really got honest and Lots vulnerable. You know? um, being inspired by Maria. Uh, and yeah, it's 1am now. We're a little bit sleepy and a little bit DNM-y, a little bit deep than we normally would be. Mm. Um but yeah, we really appreciate you listening and keeping up with our episodes if you do. And because this one is so meaningful, it we like that appreciation is tenfold. Mm. I want to close out with a little quote Ooh. from David O. Russell. Mm-hmm. Nothing is really a cliche when you really, really do it from the heart. And if you really feel it and it's real and you know people who have felt it, there is nothing cliched about it. It will bring you to your knees. It will make you cry. Oh. That's really nice. Um, yeah. So, thank you, everyone. Please follow When Strong Women Talk on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter as well. Send us a DM. Tell me what you think. Yeah. Let's start an interaction. Um, and if you want to support us, directly you can visit patreon.com slash wswt and um you can donate through there or you can become a patron a monthly subscriber and um it starts from five dollars it'd be really really appreciated and it would make our world help me buy bread help me buy bread (laughs) um Yeah, thank you again for being on this journey. This is a really fun one for us. And like we said, we're able to really put together the way that we think as we speak it. And you're witness to that. It's one of them as we speak. It is. It's triple one. Triple one is about new beginnings. (gasps) That is so fitting. New beginnings. All right. I'm very sentimental right now, so I'll keep talking if you don't shut me up. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> love to the Hello. <laughs> Except she's saying goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye.